Hello and welcome to Intelligence Talks, Knight Frank's property podcast. I'm Anna Ward. Today we'll be talking about how to measure resident experience in one of the fastest growing sectors in UK real estate, built to rent. Knight Frank and UK developer Moda Living have launched a new built to rent resident experience index. And it's the first time such an index has been launched in one of the youngest but rapidly growing UK property sectors, which targets the young professional demographic. The number of completed units has more than tripled to over 82,000 in the last five years, with a further 62,000 units now under construction. Clearly, these numbers are still fairly small relative to overall housing delivery. And so this new index is capturing resident experience at a pivotal moment, while the sector is still relatively new. So today on the podcast, we'd like to talk you through some of the key findings of the index. Now, there's a lot of research and methodology behind this index, which measures resident experience across 247 build-to-rent schemes in the UK. So in this episode, I've invited on two people integral to its launch, Lizzie Breckner, Associate in Knight Frank's Residential Investment Research Team, and Emma Schoen, Corporate PR Manager at Moda. Hi, Lizzie and Emma. Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. So Lizzie, we'll start with you. Can you sum up the thoughts behind creating this index for those who might be a bit new to something like this? So Moda actually approached us and said, can we partner on an interesting piece of research? And we came up with the idea of looking at what it means to live in a build to rent scheme. As you've mentioned, Anna, build to rent is exploding and investors are all really excited about it. And more and more investors are really getting to grips with the idea that the kind of happiness and contentedness of their residents is really important. And getting that right is going to drive key investment metrics, things like occupancy and lease up and ultimately rental growth. So yeah, we decided that we wanted to measure really what it means to be best in class in terms of resident experience. So just for our listeners who may not be fully up to speed with something like this, we're obviously talking about 247 build to rent schemes, but Knight Frank didn't actually carry out a survey across those schemes Knight Frank went out and actually did all the research itself. Can you tell us a bit more about that? One of the key challenges behind this project was figuring out what data we could use. And we wanted to make sure it was really robust. All of our methodology is built through really robust data science techniques. What we did was we collected data from a variety of sources. So we're talking Knight Frank proprietary data. We have our own market leading built to rent database that collects data on build-to-rent schemes. We also used publicly available data on things like crime levels and air pollution. We also use a lot of paid-for subscription data that we have in-house. And we also used data from HomeViews, which is a company you're all probably familiar with if you're in the build-to-rent or new home space because they have a review portal and they have really valuable data on resident reviews. So that allowed us to actually add the tenant view on these schemes. So we ended up with 21 metrics that we collected into six key categories that relate to resident experience. And so Emma, obviously this is a huge body of work. Lizzie has spoken about you guys coming tonight, Frank, and why did you do that in the first place? So what we wanted to do and what we quickly realised we were going to need to do to achieve it was find a way to quantify it, find a way to talk about it, and therefore find industry partners that have different skills to us and different resources and different outputs that we can collaborate with to do this as an industry-wide effort rather than just us sat in a meeting room trying to work it out. Lizzie, I guess what Emma's saying is this sector has been relatively opaque and you know we don't know that much about perhaps what residents are looking for. So please tell us you know, what were the most interesting findings. 
what this resident experience index does is it gives us a score for all of these 247 build to rent schemes. Those scores range from zero to 100, although interestingly, the maximum score that any build to rent received was 85. So that tells us that actually there's room for improvement in the resident experience that's being delivered by build to rent schemes. But actually, the results also tell us that overall the sector is delivering pretty well and is, is, is doing well. What does so, well look like? Though? How do you define that? So what we did to really get under the skin of what the scores mean is we split them into bandings. So the bandings go from A to E and 91% of the build to rent schemes that we analysed have a score of at least 50, which puts them in band C or above. So overall, we think that's pretty good. It kind of tells us that on the whole, the build to rent sector is delivering a good resident experience. But we know we're in a sector of very ambitious, you know, operators and investors who all want to be the best. So what we really get into in the report is the nitty gritty of, well, what does it mean to be a band A scheme? And how does it compare if you're looking at the 50 point score versus being in band A? I mean, what takes you there? So to give you a few examples of what it means to be in band A, if you're a band A scheme, on average, these schemes have got at least seven amenity spaces, whereas a band E score only has two on average. There's also a big difference when it comes to EPC ratings. Band A schemes have generally got EPC ratings of B, and that therefore translates into lower energy costs as well. And there's all sorts of other key stats that we can pull out of the report, things relating to proximity to shops and restaurants, proximity to stations. Band A schemes on average have at least one station within a 15-minute walk, whereas schemes in lower bandings might not have a station at all within a 15-minute walk. So Moda did really well. They came out with all four of their operational schemes, came out in band A and were able to get into the, you know, drill into exactly what's driving those top scores for Moda. And ultimately we we grouped, as I mentioned earlier, all of those 21 metrics into these six categories. And we can see that Moda does particularly well when it comes to the metrics that relate to the quality of schemes. We're talking about things like amenity provision, but not just how many amenities are there. But we actually came up with a scoring system to look at the quality of the amenity. They also did really well when it came to tenant satisfaction. So their own tenants report really highly on what it's like to live there. And also the metrics relating to health and well-being. So things like access to green spaces, access to healthcare facilities nearby, all those kind of things that relate to health and well-being were particular kind of strengths of the MODA schemes. So uh, Emma, you've described the, the meeting room where you weren't, you know, you weren't entirely sure what tenants were looking for, but you've you obviously done quite a good job. So what is it that sort of Moda does look for at the outset of building a built to rent scheme? I think what we're looking for from the outset is the location of the site, which I know has been taken into consideration in the scoring as well. So making sure that it's local to lots of interesting things, that we have that train station close by and that it's a nice place to live. You can build the most beautiful building in the world, but if it's in the middle of nowhere, no one's going to want to be there because they can't get to it. So it's just everything that we think encapsulates a good lifestyle and how we build that into where people are living on the physical side of things. So the amenities that we're putting into the buildings, we use Fitwell accreditation across the board. And I think we're currently actually the global leader in top rated Fitwell buildings, just because that is put into the plans very early on for the buildings to make sure they are as healthy as they can be. But then it's the social side of things as well. So once the buildings are built, how are we going to be able to use those spaces as an operator to encourage community and to bring people together in it? And also we look at the wider impact that we as Moda can have 
on the communities around us as well? And can we embed our residents into these neighbourhoods to make sure that the wider social value piece is there as well? So loads of stuff across the board that's considered from day one all the way through to operation and then for a long time afterwards. I guess just thinking then about the rise of all these alternative living sectors like build to rent, the way that we live in the future is going to be pretty different. Emma Moda carried out a poll in addition to working with Knight Frank on this index. What did the poll say about resident attitudes towards build to rent and amenity? Interestingly, the poll correlated quite closely with what Lizzie was talking about in terms of what bumped those schemes up into band A. So we had a really high emphasis and positive response in that resident poll to things around amenities and health and well-being. 80% of our residents said that they were willing to pay more for high quality amenities within the building. So that straight away tells us it's a really important part of the offering and something that is completely core to what we're offering in our city centre built to rent platform. We also saw that 90% of the residents say that where they're living has a direct impact on their health and well-being. And then a further 85% of people said that Moda's buildings were having that positive impact on their health and well-being. So we were really encouraged from that piece of research to see those high numbers coming in to show that the point we're at now is actually already very, very high. And we've got an idea from the research as well of how we improve that even better. What would you say, Lizzie, in terms of practical implications for developers, operators, investors, what do you think they can sort of take from this? Firstly, I think it's really important to stress that the results of this index are not set in stone. The characteristics of a scheme can change over time. The management could change, the scheme could be refurbished, or the scheme might be part of a wider kind of master plan or in a development area that could change the nature of the surrounding area. So for schemes that are maybe falling short on a few criteria, that's not necessarily a problem. Some of these things can be changed. Our door is open. We'd love to talk to the rest of our clients on, you know, how they can improve and what their scores are looking like. But it kind of boils down into two camps of the different categories. So firstly, we've got the internal factors relating to the scheme. And these are things that generally developers, investors and operators can control. So things like what's the amenity provision and what's the unit size? What's the energy efficiency rating of the building? What are the targeted rent levels? And these are things, especially if you're able to consider these things early on in the development stage, as Emma was saying that um, that Moda do, Moda very much think about this stuff from the very beginning, then you can actually have control over all of these things. But there are also a number of external factors that are potentially outside the control of developers, operators and investors. So things like the proximity to transport connections. If your site is far away from a station, there's not much you can do about that. So you might need to focus your interests elsewhere on improving some of the other factors that are going to boost the experience for your tenants. And ultimately, understanding how these internal and external factors interact, all of those things will inform site selection. They'll inform design, they'll inform operational management strategies to really help schemes, whether they are in the planning stages, the development stages, or whether they're up and running and they're let and they're stabilised. There's all sorts that can be taken from this to figure out, okay, what are the bits we can control and what can we do to improve our scores in those areas? Are you saying then that there's potentially a shortage of sites that might be near transport and in that case that, you know, the developer needs to up the immunity provision? Site selection is, as we know, it's a huge challenge, right? And again, just because a site is maybe not in the most the perfect location, that's not necessarily going to be to the detriment of the residents and their experience when they eventually live there. For example, a scheme that maybe doesn't currently or doesn't yet have a particularly strong local amenity 
provision outside of the scheme might choose to put even more square footage towards internal amenity so that they can provide residents with more of those amenity spaces within the scheme itself. So there's there's things that can be done to counteract the pros and cons of, of different characteristics of a scheme or, or the location. And Lizzie, moving forward, what are your plans for the index? How regular will this be? We've got a lot of plans for the index. We're so proud of this piece of research and we want to take it to the next level. So we would love to plug in much more operational data. Obviously, we've been able to work with Moda on this piece, which has been fantastic. So they've given us insights into their operational data. But we want to get more from more operators across the sector so that we can really get to the crux of proving. Like We'd love to prove, but you know, it's a question, this question of does resident experience drive these key operational metrics that will ultimately drive investment value. Analysis of Moda's data suggests that yes, this stuff is key and this stuff will drive operational performance, but we'd love more to take that story further. And ultimately, this resident index is fantastic, but it is very much inward looking. It's looking at the tenant experience or the resident experience. In the future, we'd love to expand it to have more of an outward looking view at how these schemes are impacting on the wider community, as well as just impacting on on the residents who live within them. So I guess just building on on what Lizzie just said about the interest of looking at the wider community, can you share with us perhaps any future gazing thoughts on what you think built to rent homes might look like and how they might operate in the wider community moving forward? I think a key thing for us is going to be continuing to interrogate what we are providing to our residents, both in terms of the physical infrastructure, but also that more granular neighbourhood by neighbourhood service level that we're offering. And engaging with those different communities because every neighborhood that we have operational at the moment has very different people living in it and different people wanting different things. For example, in Leeds at Moda New York Square a few weeks ago, the residents said that they wanted more for the kids to do in the mornings. So on a Saturday morning, they now have a mini morning in the cinema room and they put on a film and the kids get a little healthy snack box and it's just something to do for a couple of hours. It's right on the doorstep of the residents. So it's little things like that that actually overall build up a big picture of an operator that's really engaged with its communities delivering the lifestyle that they want. Something that Moda's always been tuned into and I think is also going to form a really important part of Build to Rent going forwards is that unique social value characteristic of Build to Rent neighbourhoods. You know, you've got one operator or landlord looking after hundreds of homes within an area. So you don't just belong to the Moda community. We want our residents to belong to that wider neighbourhood and for that to feel like home. And I think that social integration piece, because we are there for the long term, is really, really important. And I think pieces of work like the Resident Experience Index, working with Knight Frank, looking forwards to how we define that is going to be really important and a crucial part of that picture. Really interesting piece of research. It would be great to carry on these conversations, particularly if you're going to do another one on looking at the wider community as well. That would be really good to hear about. So thank you very much for joining me, Lizzie and Emma. Thanks, Anna. Thank you so much. So to find out more about this report, you can find the link in our show notes. So please do check that out. For more analysis, you can also subscribe to our research note, which goes out every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. And please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this week's Intelligence Talks.